My name is Jamie Serafi, founder and creative director of Cool Choir, a group of non-auditioned adult rock and pop choirs in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Welcome to our Cool Choir podcast, Cool Chats, profiling the personal stories of some of our members across the city. You can find more information on Cool Choir at coolchoir.com or by following us on our public Facebook page by searching Cool Choir. Thank you for listening. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Jamie Serafi here on the Cool Chats podcast. Now, you probably didn't expect to hear from me again for quite some time. In fact, it has been quite some time, actually. We've had um, a little bit of a break in the Cool Chats podcast. Um, And uh, as you know, I was um, kind of going through a little bit of personal tragedy in the last few months uh, since the new choir year started in September 2019 Um, and uh, it's been at times a little tricky for me to find the time to continue the podcasting which I know was extremely popular last year but I'm really excited to be back this afternoon um, after a bit of a time out and I'm here with a very dear friend of mine Denise Sherlock and Denise and I became friends when she joined the choir um, as one of the near original faithfuls I think and she's going to tell you about that in a moment and it's an honour and joy to be able to chat with her today and she is an extremely interesting lady who has some quite profound stories to tell as part of this podcast and beyond I would think today. So hello Denise how are you? Hi Jamie I'm well thanks and you? It's great to be able to chat with you on the podcast here and I know that you have been excited about this. (laughs) I have I've been looking forward to it. You've been singing in the choir, I think, since the first year. We started four years ago. First year, third night, yeah. The, wow. third, the third Wednesday was my first time. And what time of year did you join? Because you joined in the winter. I think it was yep. winter where you joined, as yep. I recall. January. Yeah. Yeah, 2016. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm, oh, now, if you can hear the cat in the background, Trixie is here. And um, I just said to Denise before we started recording, as soon as we start recording this podcast, Trixie will walk over... And she will start meowing. And that is what she's done. <laughs> she's, she's my moral support. That's yeah. okay. <laughs> so everyone say hi to Trixie. Hi, Trixie. <laughs> oh, she, now she's not meowing. Of course. Oh, oh, oh there we go. Oh, she, oh, she's just jumped on the table. <laughs> this has she never needs, happened before. She wants her own mic. <laughs> Do you want a microphone, Trixie? <laughs> anyway, we'll try and ignore Trixie. Anyway. <laughs> This is not this has not happened before. Anyways, oh well, we'll perhaps we'll take a photo and add it to the the podcast photos. Um, so yeah, yeah, you was dead that you joined um, in the winter of twenty sixteen, mm-hmm. and um, it was. I remember when I met you for the first time, and I remember there was quite a lot going on in your life at that time, and I remember thinking my first thought was, you know, I'm quite surprised that you know with all that was going on at the time that you had kind of then chosen to come and join this choir. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was um, it was about the third year of, <laughs> to say the least, a lot going on. Um, three years pre- previous to that, um, my little nephew had died under very suspicious and tragic circumstances, and that sort of started this tsunami of grief, if you will. And one thing or over another, or after another, happened over the next few years, and. Um, which culminated in uh, my husband um, deciding that he no longer wanted to be married, and um, and leaving, and um, and that was that was sort of the the final straw for me. I, I I just didn't think I could cope after that happened, which was a year before I joined choir. 
Uh, so in that year, I, I knew I needed some help. I had never been alone. I had never lived alone. I had married at 18, um, never been on my own before. And, and honestly, I didn't feel like I could be on my own. I realized after he left that I had no self-esteem, no self-worth, and I knew I needed help. So I had joined um, a support group, which was helpful. I had um, sought therapy, which was extremely helpful. I had started um, attending workshops and retreats, all of which was very helpful, but I was surrounded by the grief the whole time. I was always talking about the losses that, um, that I had had and the sadness I was feeling and not having any hope and not knowing if I could make it on my own. So I was, I was completely surrounded by that all the time. My, my dad had been diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Um, he had had, um, a couple of heart attacks. He was very unwell, was in and out of hospital. Um, a, a series of events had culminated in um, an estrangement from several family members, which was extremely hurtful. My husband and I had a business, and um, we were defrauded in in a very, very hurtful way by someone that um, who was a supplier, but also had become a friend. and And um, we found out um, just around the time my husband left that this supplier had. Um, had been defrauding us for a long, long time. And we had federal agencies involved and immigration was involved and we lost customers. And it was just a, a tragic set of circumstances. So, And your nephew mentioned, obviously, your, your nephew passing away. So how old was your nephew? He was five, um, almost five, actually, when he died. He, um, he was born a, a tiny but lovely and perfect little boy. And uh, a few weeks after his birth, his father um, shook him and, um, and caused, basically call, caused his brain to burst, is the way it was described to us. And we were told he wouldn't live the night. He slipped into a coma and, um, and, um, and did live the night and, and remained in a coma for several weeks. And when he woke, he was severely brain damaged, spent the rest of his little life in a wheelchair, unable to talk, unable to walk. And, um, and then when he was almost five, he died um, under suspicious circumstances um, when he was um, alone with his father. I mean, as an, as an auntie coming to terms with something like that, I don't know how you cope as a family. I, I mean, how, how on earth have the family come to terms with with this yeah I remember um thinking the night that that Charlie was hospitalized and and I said out loud we will never be the same again and it was um yeah when when he came out of the coma it was it was such elation that you know he hadn't died and um and then, you know, coming to terms with the fact that he was never going to walk and talk and, and so on. But he, he brought us such joy. And then um, when he died, it was, um, uh, it was such a devastating blow. I didn't think we'd ever recover. Wow. And as I said, that was sort of the beginning of, of all, the, all the, the loss and the sorrow that was to come. So 
around about the time you joined the choir, um, was that kind of, was that almost in the middle of all that was going on, would you say? It or? was in the middle of all that was going on, mm. but it was a year after my husband left. Um, so I had had by that time a year of therapy and support, but um, I was, you know, as I mentioned, surrounded by it. I was always talking about it. It was always on my mind. I was journaling about it. I was, you know, going to therapy and talking about it. Um, and it, there were very few people that I was actually talking to about it. Um, I had kept the marriage breakup a complete secret because um, my dad would take one little piece of bad news and it would um, it would grow to epic proportions in his mind and he would get very, very sick, which was one of the reasons why he ended up in hospital so many times. And um, my dad and I were very, very close and um, I simply would not allow one more thing to upset him and to become such an issue for him. So I uh, demanded that no one know. So for a year, I kept it a secret except to my support group and my therapist and the people with whom I um, attended retreats. So uh, a year after the breakup, I was um, working at the Calgary Farmers Market, running our booth. We had a business there. And um, a customer came up and we were chatting and, you know, I had this fake happy face on and pretending that everything was fine, as you do with customers. And uh, she came up and um, we started to chat and she told me about um, this choir that she had just joined. She had been twice and um, was loving it. It was so much fun. She had seen this charismatic Englishman on breakfast television and, and decided to join. And I remember saying to her, oh, I've always wanted to sing, but I can't sing. And I can't read music, so that wouldn't be for me. And, of course, that's when uh, she told me that, well, you're, you're then the perfect person for Cool Choir because uh, Jamie says, if you can speak, you can sing. So I joined that week. Yeah. But what you're not telling us is that you had already been told sometime in advance that you were going to meet me. Is that, isn't that correct? That's correct. Although I, you know, <laughs> when I joined, I, I didn't remember that because I had been, um, you know, searching for answers in the year after my husband left and, and just wanting somebody to tell me that um, my marriage was going to be saved and we were going to reconcile and everything. It was all a big mistake and we were going to be fine. So I had been uh, to see a, a couple of psychics and a palm reader, and I went in the, the fall before I joined. So in the fall of 2015, I went to see an astrologer, and all I was interested in him telling me was that everything is going to work out and your marriage is going to be saved. Several months later, uh, in fact, several months after I had joined Cool Choir, I was um, meeting a friend in um, Red Deer, and on the way, I was listening to the CD from that session that I had with the astrologer a year and a half before, actually. And he mentioned a couple of things that, that were such a shock to me in hearing them again, because I had totally forgotten about them, that I actually had to pull over on the road when I was driving out to Red Deer, because I was, I was so shocked. One of the things he, he said to me was, um, and uh, who's your gay friend? And uh, I, and I did have a couple of gay friends, but I hadn't seen them in quite some time, and, and it didn't seem like he was referring to them. And he said, um, 
well, I see you and, and this uh, friend uh, surrounded by music. In fact, you're standing on a stage at a concert hall in front wow. of hundreds of people. And when I heard that, and uh, it was just before the Jubilee um, Auditorium concert was coming up, as I said, I pulled over the side of the road because it was such a shock. It was, um, it, it's quite funny now looking back on it. Now, when he's... When he said, you know, your gay friend, he was talking about how happy this person was going to be. Absolutely, That's yes. what you meant, isn't That's it? what yeah. I meant, absolutely, yes. <laughs> Just checking, yeah. that's good. <laughs> God forbid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wonderful. So so you almost had a, I don't know, there's probably a word for this, um, when people have a, um, no, no, I'm thinking of, no, because you were told by obviously somebody else. It's mm-hmm. not like you had your own premonition. premonition. That no. was the word I was looking for. No. No, it wasn't a premonition. No. Yeah. But the funny thing is when I joined choir um, on that, that third night after you had started, you know, I, I had, I didn't remember any of any of those things that he had said. It was only after I had joined and we became friends. Yes. And, um, I looked back on it and thought, holy cow. Uh, that uh, was that was predicted and I'd forgotten and actually what I one of the things that I remember um is a short time after you joined the choir because I mean obviously there was an awful lot of things going on at the time and but I what I remember most I think was was really was your um you going through kind of um everything with your father mm-hmm. really um but I always admired about you how honest you were about how you felt about all these situations because I didn't know you so well at that time, but I think I came to you on, I don't know if it was the third or fourth week or something like that, and I said, well, you know, how are you? Um, whereas I think most people, because we, we all put masks on when we go out, mm-hmm. you know, particularly for having a bad day. Um, but I think you never did that. You were always very honest about how your day was or how you felt. And I remember you saying to me, and you said to me, I'm not doing very well. I'm not doing great. Which, yeah. you know, ironically, I, you know, I did admire that kind of honesty in you um, and that you were in many ways, quite open, really, about mm-hmm. everything that was going on, which you said a few minutes ago that you did spend, you know, you felt, well, you felt like you spent so much of your life kind of, you know, trying to come to terms through all this, these various outlets of help that you were accessing. That's right, yeah. And I think I think it was actually only my second week that you came and asked me how yeah. I was doing um, because the third week, the third Wednesday, um, my dad passed that day. And you were still there? Uh, well, no, I didn't come that didn't night. Come that no. I didn't come that night because no. we were, you know, just starting to make preparations. But um, I did. I do remember sending you an email yes, and yeah. um, and you responding in such a compassionate and, and loving way. I did come back the next week and um, spent most of that night unable to sing, just crying. And I remember you saying, that's okay you know, that, that's, that's fine. And I, and I felt comfortable being myself there. Do you um, remember what we were singing at the time? I, I just wondered I whether you had a kind of locked particular song, because that's what people do when yeah. they're going through difficult or even happy times. They, you know, we kind of lock song, particular songs to those memories. Do you right. know what I mean? I don't I remember um, specifically. I think we were just starting to learn, um, you know, I want to dance with somebody or something right. that, um, you know. Well, at least it was happy. It, it was know. a happy song, yeah. yeah. Um, but I do recall when my mom passed two years later, just within weeks of my mom's my mom's passing we started learning mother mine and um and I'll never forget that song because it was it was very difficult to sing um for sure and then um last year we started learning um 
Thank You for the Days, which was a song that almost no one in choir except for the English members <laughs> knew, but I knew very, very well because um, my husband is English, my ex-husband is English, and um, and he had played that song a lot and um, and used to sing it a lot. He um, one of the reasons that I was intimidated for you know about joining choir was that. Um, he is. Uh, he has a fabulous voice and had released a CD and used to sing around the house a lot. So I always felt intimidated with even trying to sing. And it certainly was not something that was ever encouraged when I was a child. In fact, I remember one time um, singing in the car and my mother clapping her hands over her ears. <laughs> so. I think I've heard countless stories like that of all these people that have joined Cool Choir and then they've, you know few months later they're on a, a stage somewhere whoops I've just excuse me I've just dropped your water bottle or knocked your water bottle over okay. uh, just ignore that um yeah the people that are coming in and that's that's often one of the most you know oh I, I don't know what I'm doing here I've I've been told I can't sing etc but we're not here to talk about the choir we talk about you mm. um so uh it was you know it uh, and actually talking about the music and and some of what was going on at the time do you feel that being part of the choir um because I always often, like, I, I often say at rehearsals um, that I feel that music is an extremely healing outlet for people. And have you experienced that being part of the choir has kind of um, helped you on your journey in some shape or form? Uh, I'm not sure I can even adequately express how much um, choir has has healed has healed me. Um, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say, and I've, I've said this to many people, that um, that Cool Choir saved my life. I was at a, a, an extremely low point when, um, when that customer told me about choir. And when I joined um, that first night, um, for two hours, I forgot about everything. I forgot about all the troubles that I had had, and that had had not happened in years. It was always on my mind. For those two years or two two hours, I I forgot about all the years of pain and sorrow and loss and grief, and I felt for the first time in probably four years joy. Wow! And I remember going home that night and saying, "Yeah, this is what joy feels like again." Yeah. Yeah. And. And it's funny because I guess up until the last few months, I mean, I'd heard many stories from choir members who were going through all sorts of difficult times. And actually, um, around about the time we sung Mother Mine, I mean, it was it was it was really very unfortunate. But actually, I think the week that we introduced Mother Mine, I know there was another choir member who actually lost her mother during that week yeah. as well. And she was actually at rehearsal singing that song. I and recall. I just think goodness me like how how um we're singing a song this year something inside so strong and you know we all have to find something inside so strong um in order to be able to to carry on and live living our lives um i think the last few months uh, similarly for myself um having heard first-hand stories from you know beautiful people such as yourself about how music has healed you and i always found it very heartwarming but and similarly, I would say that, you know, the, the role that I do now in my life and my work um, through my own journey of grief since November, um, I can honestly agree with you. And I think I like your description that it saved your life because it's saving my life at the moment for mm -hmm. sure. Um, I'm actually dreading the break, the four week break we have coming up because I'm thinking, you know, 
it's all going to just disappear for four weeks you know mm -hmm. <laughs> so you know so I, I I certainly relate to that yeah yeah, yeah. you know um, when I joined I <clears throat> understood one of the things that my therapist had been telling me for the previous year which was that it's okay to feel two uh, what you might call opposing emotions at the same time and I didn't get that I, I remember telling her that uh, you know, I didn't think I would ever be happy again. And, and her saying, you know, you can feel grief and joy at the same time. And it wasn't until I, I joined choir that I understood what that meant. I, I could feel sadness because a song would, would bring up those emotions. Um, but at the same time, um, feel joy and hope. I could feel uh, grief um, but know that um, that it was okay to feel happy in that moment at the same time. And you've gone on to make lots of friends in the choir who I know have become very dear to you. Absolutely, yeah. Some, uh, you know, I can think of oh five or six people that have become part of my inner circle that have become you know such dear friends to me. But now you're quite a musical person anyway, and I know that, I mean, I think, I feel like you came to the choir probably with, with more musical experience than some, because I know that you, you play an instrument, um, you've done drum circles, um, is that accurate to say that? Yeah, I, I, I play the African drum, but um, before I joined choir, um, I had lost my love of drumming. I couldn't do it anymore. It, it just, um, it was too, it was too overwhelming. It was too loud. It was, it, it brought up too much emotion. Um, singing was, was a totally different experience, but, but through the healing that I've had over the last four years, um, and, and choir has been a huge part of that, as I've said, um, my joy of drumming has returned as well. And actually, choir has not become your only outlet for really kind of writing about your journey, because I was going to say from all that we've heard so far, somebody might be here now and might saying to you, well, have you ever considered writing a book? Mm. I know that you're part way there. So tell us about all of your writing ventures that yeah, I, I mean, I've I've done travelogues over the last three years, and and um, I've been encouraged, you know, most of my life to write. Um, when my mother was dying, my mother and I didn't have um, the the close relationship that my dad and I did until Dad died. Uh, surprisingly, I think Dad was was almost afraid to leave because he knew that that Mom and I had never been that close. But I promised him I would take care of her. And I did. I took care of her. I called her or saw her every day uh, in the two years that she lived after after he died. And I remember telling her or, or sending her something one time. Uh, she had moved to the East Coast, and I sent her a piece of writing that I had done. And she wrote back and said, um, well, this just confirms what Dad and I always said, that Denise should be a writer. I'd never heard that. Wow. She'd never told me that. Um, but other people have told me that I should write, and um, it's something that I've, I've wanted to do for a long time. So now I have a blog, um, and, um, and I'm loving doing that. And, uh, and I have to say, it's received some incredible response, the blog. It really has. And, and I, the, the most rewarding thing for me uh, is um, the response that I've gotten from people that I don't know. 
that I that have been referred my my uh, blog posts from you know a friend of mine and they've written to say you know this could be my story and you've reminded me um, that I can live a different life I can make a different choice and that's been extremely rewarding and then this past weekend I just submitted an entry to the uh, CBC national um, non-fiction writing contest so I'm quite excited about that so when will you hear about uh, September oh, okay it's a Time long to wait, wait. Yeah. yeah how exciting yeah it well, is very exciting. I mean it has been incredible to talk with you today and I I have to say I have to thank you for being so open here as well about everything um and some of the subjects that you've touched upon are deeply personal so to mm. have shared that uh, i know there'll be a lot of people in the choir community and beyond who will be listening and will very much relate to so much of what you've spoken about today so it's been a real joy and a pleasure and it's been really uplifting thank you so very much for coming along and talking to us thank you i appreciate it Thank you for tuning in to Cool Chats today. We'll be back soon with another episode profiling the personal stories of another member or members of our Cool Choir community across Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Until then, remember to sing loud and proud, everyone. Oh.